Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Zach Berman at the NovaCare Complex. Day after the Eagles fell to the Carolina Panthers in devastating fashion, choked up a 17-point lead, mm-hmm. gave up 21 unanswered points and lost 21-17 to and have fallen to 3-4 and four after seven games. The trip to London against the Jaguars looming and the Eagles are kind of spiraling a little bit, Zach. Uh, we just got done with the Doug Peterson press conference, day after press conference, and you know Doug seemed to take umbrage at some of the questioning that he was receiving. Uh, we can go over in detail some of those questions, but what did you think of Doug and how he handled that that news conference? Yeah, so I, I thought for most of the press conference, Doug was was presenting himself well. You know, he he was kind of taking he was taking the medicine. He he recognized that they need to play better. His his point was that they're a few plays away from being five and two. I think you can say that any year, but you know what? That's the talking point. He was saying that he wants the pressure off the team. But then at the end, when he, as you said, he took umbrage to being second-guessed on some things, and it really seems like Doug Peterson um, wants us to kiss the ring, so to speak, that he won the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, it's, it's like a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court. Once you've run Philly special, that's it. You know, every running play, every, it's, every passing play, it's, 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 you, you cannot question it. And that's not... But that that's not the reality of being a head coach. Do you think that sells now? Because do you think there are fans that kind of hear that and say, you're right, Doug. You know, it's funny you ask that because I thought there was going to be a longer honeymoon period. Yeah. There's been, <laughs> on the way to work today, I was listening to talk radio, and I'm like, wow, there's yeah. a lot of venom right now. But that's now. talk radio. And then if you, you know, and then No, Twitter. but it's my emails too. Yeah, it's, it is. Um, and, and I mean, people really don't like Jim Schwartz right now, it seems like. Yes. Um, I, they didn't like Jim Schwartz even after the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I, I think Schwartz is a really good defensive coordinator. I, I disagree with everyone on the run-pass ratio. I do, too. I think, uh, you know, you, you win football games passing the ball. Um, so well, I disagree let, with that. Well, let's look at let's look at some of the, the big topics that are that have come off that game. And, and I guess, yeah, we'll start with the run-pass ratio. Um, I think what people are specifically looking at, or the final three drives. Okay. Yeah, three and out in particular. Yeah. He, he I called, mean, let's. He called just one run. Let's take away that that last drive. You're in two minute, um, and they actually ran the ball to get to get third and two. Right, Doug's fine. Yeah. I so, again, so like, I had no problem. And Doug said he called nine plays, I guess, on those two drives, and three were RPOs. Um, so Carson checked to, to passes on those plays. And I, I think it's important to point out. Um, there's there's a misconception sometimes that I've heard with RPOs. It's not like, and I can't speak for Carson, but it's not like Carson just decides to pass the ball. No, it's based it's, on it's based on a look. Based on a look, exactly. Right? You, know, you got numbers in the box versus you know exactly. two deep safeties. Exactly, you're gonna run the ball. But he, but here's here's the um, here here's the, here are the plays play by play on the call sheet. All right. Now my problem isn't the fact that they didn't run the ball. Look, these were short passes that were just kind of. Uh, you know, a, a supplement, a different version of the run game. Yeah. But Carson, pass short right. Pass short right. Pass short right. Pass short right. Sacked. Pass short left. Next drive. Pass short left. Pass short left. And then on third and ten, pass incomplete deep right. Now, look, that's just the way it says on the call on this play sheet. But my thing was, like, up until that point, they'd averaged 10.4 yards per pass attempt. They were throwing the ball down the field successfully, mm-hmm. successfully with Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Gertz. Yeah. There wasn't a throw beyond the marker at any point. To me, I just felt like they turtled up a little bit. Throw the ball down down the field. Yeah. So what I, mean, I, I mean, you're 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 up 
when you get the ball back 17 to 6, you're up 11 points. That's You're not in, to me, you're not in, like, let's milk the clock mode. It does not pay to be passive in this league. Be aggressive. Okay. Keep your foot on the pedal. All right, yeah, so I, I had a little different read on, on that. I, I think he, especially... I, I think he was trying to wear the clock a bit, you know, taking more high percentage throws. You don't want the ball to hit the ground for an incomplete pass. You don't want to have a deep drop for a sack. That being said, to your point, um, they were playing behind the sticks too much. You know, if you're in third and long situations, it, it's, it gets hard to convert. I think I just think you need to be more aggressive there. And that's the way Doug okay. typically is. And I thought even at the end of the first half, he wasn't aggressive. They got the ball with 2.10 left. They're on their own four-yard line. I get that. You're backed up. But you go run, run. Don't stop the clock, and then Smallwood picks up the first down on a run, and then you then you call timeout. A whole minute ticks off the clock there. Why not throw the ball down the field a little bit there? I and mean, we saw at the end of the NFC Championship, 29 seconds left. They're on their own 20. Mm-hmm. What does Doug Peterson do? He has Nick Foles drop and throw down the field to Zach Ertz. Yeah, I I think How, that, they were ahead. Seven, I think 17 nothing at that time. Yeah, this I think this the difference in the situation there was that the. Uh, that the Vikings were were not going to get the ball back at that point. Um, I know you this, do have to take that in consideration. You don't want to give them get, the ball back, so that's that. why Doug's point today was that was that they didn't want to give the ball back to them, and then they had that long. Okay, but who, okay, we'll give the ball, score a touchdown, and give the ball okay. back. Your mentality should be to score. You're just you have a good offense. You've been moving the ball on them all the entire the first half. Your my th- my thinking is your mentality should be aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. It does not pay in this league to not be aggressive. And Doug even talked about it in his book after the game, made fun of uh, Doug Marone for, mm-hmm. for not having the same mentality at the end of the, uh, the first half in the NFC, AFC mm-hmm. Championship. I felt like Doug needs to be more aggressive, and he's not. I mean, if Carson Wentz is completing 30 of 37 passes for 310 yards and the Eagles are only scoring 17 points, something is wrong. Yeah, well, I think the offense is a problem right now. This is a scoring league. There were only eight, eight teams yesterday that scored 17 points or fewer. The Eagles are, are one of them. Panthers entered the game allowing 27 points per game in their last four games. Eagles only scored 17 points. Uh, I know Jim Schwartz has turned into like public enemy number one here, but Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, they need to get the ball in the end zone. And uh, look, Carson Wentz has played outstanding successively each each week. Yesterday was his best game yet. He gets better each week. But this is a fact. Three losses this year. Vikings, Titans, and then yesterday against the Panthers, Carson Wentz had the ball in his hands with the chance to win in the fourth quarter. All three times, they didn't get the ball in the end zone. Look, it's not all Carson. It's, all, it's the whole team. And, and Carson's been, been playing well. But your franchise quarterback needs to score a touchdown. That's the fact of the matter in this league. I mean, that is one of the big ways in which quarterbacks are judged, mm-hmm. is their fourth quarter comebacks. Whether they can, how many they can engineer, yeah. how many times they, they're given the opportunities, and how many times they can deliver. And and I loved Carson going deep to Alshon on that first play. Awesome. And you drew and you drew the pass interference. You have a first down at the twenty two yard line. I mean, you got to score. You got to score. Now, when I say blame all around, um, Jake Elliott misses a thirty six yard field goal earlier in the game. If, if 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 he makes that, a field goal wins. Uh, so there's. It's it's not just one person. It's not just one coach. Uh, when you lose a game like that, it's bad. But let me ask you this, because you've covered this team for a long time. Worst loss you've ever seen? Oh, jeez. That's a good question. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think. I mean, it was bad. Uh, you mean in terms of just like 
the devastation. Dev- devastation up. Yeah, I mean, there's games game where they play worse. Basically but, snatched, they basically snatched defeat from the Jaws yeah. of victory. One of those losses. Um, I don't know. You're putting me in the spot. I can't think of anything recently. I don't think there was anything like that since Doug's been head coach. This is probably the worst. Like, I'll yeah. say this is the worst, coach, worst loss of Doug's career. Okay. Yeah. I agree with that. Worst loss I've I've covered um, with the Eagles. I was the Giants beat writer back when the miracle of the Meadowlands. Yeah. When they had the, opposite end of they that. had a twenty one point lead in the uh, or three score lead in the fourth quarter. Um, but uh, yeah, that was the greatest comeback. One of the greatest comebacks in Eagles yeah. history. So I, I I've seen that, and, and you were at the Super Bowl, and the Falcons gave up the big lead to the Patriots in the second half. Too. Yeah, I mean this is you know seventeen points is is a lot in the NFL. You should be able to it's put three a team scores. away. Yeah, you should, three be, you should be able to put a team away, and that's why a good transition. Why I think ultimately the loss rests more in the defense than it does the offense. And and let's let's talk a little bit about that. I, I wrote about that today for the newspaper, and you know it's tough to it's tough to make these um, definitive statements after the game without watching the film, Zach. But you know, guys didn't make individual plays. Uh, I think you could start with the cornerbacks, number one. Ronald Darby biting on that double move uh, versus Devin Funches doesn't make much sense to me mm-hmm. there. You're, yeah. you're, you're down. 11, uh, you're up 11 points at that point. I think there's like a little over four minutes left in the game. You know, give the slant up. That made it 17-14. Yep. Yeah. Give the slant up. Don't, you know... Don't go biting for an interception Live for there, another play, yeah. You know, and then you, you basically let him have the end zone, which is what happened. Um, I think that's just – and Doug talked a little bit about that, situational football, knowing situation, the situation your team is in, the score, uh, the down, et cetera. I just don't think that's smart football. And then Ronald Darby, to me, had uh, that was a bad play. He had an earlier uh, play in which this has nothing to do with the, the final drive. I think it's in the first quarter. Maybe it was the second quarter. It was an end around. And Cam Newton's bearing out. Yeah, I get it. Cam Newton's a big guy. But, I mean, he basically ducked out of the way there. Um, Jalen Mills, fourth and ten. Look, he slipped. I get it. That happens. He said that uh, Torrey Smith shoved him. I really didn't see much of that. But you got to make the tackle after that. Mm-hmm. It should have been just a 12-yard gain, 12, 13-yard gain. Instead, he misses. He makes a hard, half-hearted effort at the tackle or, or you know, I don't. I hate to say half-hearted. It wasn't a good tackle attempt. He didn't get him down. Then Dexter McDougal misses him. That was what, a 35-yard game? 35-yard game. And then all of a sudden you're in field goal range, and and at least they're going to tie the score. Get him down on the ground, and Jalen's supposed to be a good tackler, and he didn't get it done there. Um, So, again, individuals didn't make plays. Malcolm Jenkins on third and second. I mean, third and three, I'm sorry, on the second drive. Now, they rushed four. There wasn't much of a pass rush, so it's very hard to hold a guy there. But he had had him in man coverage, and – um, who was it against, Zach? Do you remember? DJ Moore was the Malcolm. DJ Kennedy Moore was his, was yeah. his guy, and he was wide open. Yeah. Now, he got rubbed out of the play a little bit, but, I mean, 16 yards there. That shouldn't yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah, so, I hear you. So is there any, anything else that stood out to you in terms of individually you thought guys on the defensive side of the ball didn't, you know, didn't make plays? Do you think the pass rush got home there? No. I mean, they had, they had a chance to get him down on that fourth and ten. Brandon Graham kind of, like, grabbed him at the waist – uh, Cam shook him off, okay. and then just before Michael Bennett hit him, he got the ball off. Amazingly, hey, credit to Cam Newton. He's a good quarterback. He yeah. made, he made it to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. two years, MVP. three years ago. Yeah, um, he's a good player, and you know we didn't see it for the first three quarters, but he was in the fourth quarter. But that being said, um, you know you're paying this defensive line to be the best defensive line in the NFL, and 
Doing it through three quarters is enough. You got to do it in the fourth quarter, especially when a lot, you're knowing they're mostly dropping back the throw. You can pin your ears back. I guess that's why Jim Schwartz went with a lot of four man rush. Would you blitz more? Uh, you know, blitzing's hard because, you know, I, I look, and we had this conversation on a podcast earlier this year. Tampa Bay, the first play of the game, they blitzed Deshaun Jackson, 75 yard touchdown. Uh, the fourth and 15 against Tennessee, they blitzed first down. So blitzing's not always the answer. That being said, I don't think they were they were getting the, the four man rush to Newton enough um, in that in that fourth quarter. So yeah, you you need to do something there. Yeah. And uh, and I mean fourth and fifteen. I know Michael Bennett was right there, split second. But that's football. Look if fourth if, and ten. If, yeah, I'm sorry. Fourth, fourth and fifteen 10. was Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that. That's that's that, that's that's football. Brandon Graham split second slower in the Super Bowl. And Tom Brady makes a big play. You know, that um, you can only go based on what happened. So, Well, let me, let me point out just uh, some, some facts here about the blitz and the pass rush. Um, so, Eagles are up 17-0. Carolina gets the ball in the third quarter, late in the third quarter. And I think on the third pass play, they blitzed. Uh, it was like a zone blitz. They rushed five, incomplete pass. And then later in, the, in that drive, on second and three, they sent seven. And... Uh, Newton was pressured and he, and he threw the ball away complete. Yeah. Now they completed the pass on third and three, like I spoke, like I spoke of, and then they had that that tricky end around to Curtis Samuel for a touchdown. But then after that was never there was never a blitz. It was four man rush the whole way. Second drive, I mean they never even made the third down. They just marched down the field on them. And then Panthers last drive, it was again all four man rush. Now Cam didn't complete those first three passes to get the fourth down. So that was versus four-man rush. Maybe Jim thought, you know, okay, four, fourth and ten here. The four-man rush is working. Let's stick with it. Yeah. Um, look, again, I don't want to – I'm not a I mean, guessing guy. Yeah. But my thing was, like, they weren't getting home. Something – maybe something had to change there. Okay. All right. I, 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 I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's – It, it I, didn't work. So, so that's the bottom line. And it, it gets back to how we started this. When it works, you, you look great. When it doesn't work, you're open for criticism. That's football. I mean, Doug Peterson – uh, had a parade and, and a book deal because it worked. Um, when it doesn't work, you take the heat. No one wants to hear about the first three quarters, though. I mean, they did <laughs> they did play well. Yeah. Um, this team is good. This team has the has the talent, obviously. This team's three and four. Defending Super Bowl champions. They're three and four. My, but my point is, and I, I do think it's fair to look at it and say, okay, they can right this ship. Sure. And, I mean, the best thing about it is that the NFC, I, I know – I know Washington is is the class of the NFC right now at, at what four and two, but this division is still wide open, and the Eagles have five games remaining against the NFC East. Even if they lose in London, three and five is tough. But you still it's it's, it's it's the third quarter of the season that I think is is really the most important. And the reason I, I say that is because you have three home games against NFC East teams. Um, that's really where this season is being made or, or broken. Um, yeah. So we talk a little about personnel. I mean, sure. the trade deadline is looming. It, it's not as sexy now, I guess, that they're three and four. But they still they win in, in Jacksonville. I assume that they're going to try and make a move. Even if they lose, they, they may Even try. Even if they lose, yeah. Okay, uh, the running backs. I think they averaged a little bit over two two and a half yards per carry. Yeah. Um, as Doug mentioned, that is a good defensive front. It's tough to run on them. Yeah, but still. But still, they weren't getting it done. One of Smallwood, nine carries for 30, 32 yards. Mm-hmm. Josh Adams, four carries for 17 yards. And Corey Clement, everybody's favorite uh, underused running back, eight carries for six yards. Yeah. Um, do they need to get a running back? 
Depends who. Depends the price. I mean, Sproles is coming back at some point. Does he solve yeah. all the problems? He doesn't solve all the problems, no. But um, I, I, I think that if, if, if you can get a – the, the the right running back for cheap, sure, but I think they need a defensive tackle more than they need a running back. And I, I, I think that really they need to figure out, look, if Tim Jernigan's going to be back this year or Mike Wallace is going to be back this year, defensive tackle and speed receiver aren't as big a deal to me. And then look at a running back. If you're not getting Jernigan back, yeah, you you got to go out and get a defensive tackle because Trayvon Hester, Bruce Hector, fine, you know, good stories. That's not going to get it done. So I would say go out and get a defensive tackle. Okay, I agree. I think I think the issues with the run game are more on the offensive line than they are on the running backs. Mm-hmm. I think if they block it up front, they have yeah. the guys, the horses, to get it done on the ground. Um, wide receiver. Now, Alshon Jeffrey had a great great yeah. game, uh, certainly the first half. He wasn't as effective in the second half, but he drew that long pass interference. And, you know, a couple of Carson's passes to him, I think, weren't they weren't Jeffrey's fault. They just weren't on his hands. Yeah. But – uh, the other outside receiver, I know Nelson was out there a few times, but Jordan Matthews, uh, Carter, DeAndre Carter, and Shelton Gibson, they had a few snaps. Mm-hmm. Not not a target or catch amongst them. No, nah, it's it's a three-man group right now. You know, it's 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 Jeffrey Ertz, Aguilar. Uh, I thought they were moving the ball fine, at least between the 20s early in the game. So, um, yeah, if you can get a downfield threat. But, but, but I, I keep him. saying... If if it's if it's Mike Wallace, then if you're getting Mike Wallace back, and you know the Eagles haven't been very forthcoming in, in terms of who they expect to have back, I hear that they that they're hoping Mike Wallace is back this year. If if Wallace can can come back week ten, you know then uh, then I think you're fine. But if you don't get Mike Wallace back, then yeah, get an outside receiver. Yeah, I, I think you and I spoke about this, spoke about this as well. Yeah, if Wallace comes back or Hans come back. Um, you, you don't go out looking for someone just to kind of fill space. Yes. You want to get a, a, a guy that you project to be here beyond yeah. this year, a game-breaker, an Amari Toomer, um, perhaps. Uh, Amari Cooper. Amari yeah. Cooper, yeah. Uh, perhaps. Amari, Amari Toomer. Um, all right, defensive side of the ball, we, we've talked about defensive tackle, you mentioned it earlier, but, I mean, Trayvon Hester had, what, played 58% of the snaps? Yeah. yeah. He had a half tackle. Yeah, I, I really pumped him up during the week. He he, he didn't do much. Uh, Bruce Hector had a half a sack, but I was really Brandon sack. Graham sack. Uh, so no, the fifth tackle. And he had a quarterback hit too. And, and I keep going back to Haloti Nada wasn't signed here to be your ever down defensive tackle. Um, so that's that's not that's not enough. Defensive tackle is their biggest weakness in my opinion right now. Um, that's fair to say. Um, and I mean, we we mentioned this at the uh, around free agency after they signed Nada. I mean, he had. Increasingly, been injured. If if he's in your Bo Allen role, that's fine. If he's in your Tim Jernigan role, that's a problem. Right. I mean, this Tim Tim Jernigan sure. really screwed up. But they had time uh, to sign uh, somebody after that. Mentioned that last time. Yep. And they didn't. Uh, all right. And then maybe the area they need someone the most. Um, you don't think so? I'm not really sure. I think it'd be difficult to bring somebody in at this point. But defensive back, whether it be a safety or a corner. Oh no, no, I think so. But it depends on the right player. And really, I mean, how long is Sidney Jones going back? If Jones is back after the bye, that's that's one thing. The the thing I'll say is this: Rasul Douglas, I think, is is a good outside cornerback. I, I I keep belaboring this point, but I truly believe it. Play Jalen Mills in the slot if it gets Rasul Douglas on the field over Dexter McDougal. I mean, you sign Dexter McDougal off off the street. He takes what eighty one percent of the defensive yeah. snaps. 
at slot cornerback. And the reason you're doing that is because you don't want to move Mills inside. Mills is still taking every snap when he's inside. Get your best five defensive backs on the field. Rasul Douglas has proven that he can take meaningful snaps for the Eagles. Yeah. yeah I he didn't have a single there. snap. I, I mean, you know, Jim is not shy about playing all of his personnel. So, I mean, I could, you can make the argument to you know, get him out there in some shape or form. I don't think Russell Douglas is going to solve No, the but problems. I'm saying, but, but, no, but is I, Jalen Mills so good on the outside no, he's not that he right can't now. play in the he's slot? He's a problem. So, he's so, a problem. Everything so, is, everything of, all of Jalen Mills' problems are based on the fact that he just does not have long speed. So he's got to play a certain way. And it hurts him. Um, he can get it done in the red zone. We know that. And that's important. And that's probably why he's still starting. But he's a liability. He's a liability. And when you're in the slot, it's like every down's the red zone almost. And so. I don't want to take anything away from Ronald Darby because uh, he hasn't been great either. He did have three pass breakups uh, yesterday. But, I mean, if you're Jim Schwartz, are you going to die in the Jalen Mills Hill? He's, he's, he's been loyal to that hill so far. So. Um, and he won a Super Bowl with him, as everyone yeah. likes to say. Yeah. Uh, safety. I mean, I, I thought Avante Maddox did fine, um, mm-hmm. and really, honestly, I don't think I don't think I saw many mistakes out of Dexter McDougal. So it's really hard to, um, you know, rip Schwartz for having him in the slot. You got to see the film uh, to really assess him. But there wasn't anything I thought egregious about his performance. No, I agree with that. I I would just before I trade for a cornerback, I would put Rasul Douglas on the outside, Jalen Mills on the inside. Um, and you still play Jalen on the outside in base, but but that's 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 what I would do. Well, overall, do that. though, the, the issues are more in the coverage than it is with the guys up front. And the problem is, I mean, if they can't get pressure up front, that's the story. That's the story. The guys in the back end. That's how this defense has always been. I get it. That's fine. Yeah. But you still want guys in the. <laughs> you don't want to, you know, shirk the back. And just because you're putting so much effort on, sure. on getting pressure on the front, you have to have it from both sides. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last thing I'm, I'm, I'm curious your opinion on, because it's been a hot topic, and I think rightfully so, uh, Doug Peterson's message to the team after the game uh, was, the pressure's off you guys now. No one believes in you. What do you think of that message? Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah it, was, it, was a, it was weird. It makes no sense. You're Super Bowl champs. You have Carson Wentz as your quarterback. You have tons of talent on this roster. No one's looking at this team as an underdog. Um, everyone's coming and bringing their best shot. Maybe that's your message, but it shouldn't be the old underdog uh, you know, point of view. What struck me as interesting? I, no, I, I'm willing to give Doug a little bit of a break here. It's after the game, devastating loss. You know, But no, that wasn't his message just to us in the press conference. That was his message in the locker room. That's what I'm saying more than anything else. Like, yeah, but I don't know if he did a good job of, of conveying what he probably told him in the locker room. Um, although we asked players, and they didn't really mention that. They mentioned – I don't even know what they mentioned. No, players they kind mentioned of disagreed just about, with like, Players they, disagreed with well, that. Well, they disagreed with the notion that the pressure's on them, et cetera. They're like, look, the pressure's on you every week in the NFL. Yeah. Your job's on the line every week in the NFL. In Philadelphia, the glare is greater than it is in almost any other city in the NFL. So that that, that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm just uh, – I was surprised Doug went that route because Doug spends a lot of time thinking about messaging. During the offseason, he really made a point of saying that, uh, you know, this is the new normal. Embrace the target. Yeah. Rip the, rip the dog masks off. And it just seems like this is he, – he, he, he's trying to recreate what they yeah. had last year. I think sometimes we can make too much of what he says to us. I wouldn't know what he's really saying inside, inside the locker yeah. room, and I'm not sure if that's entirely the message. Okay. Um, now, the players, um, 
as you mentioned, I think that's more important that some of them are like, nah, we disagree with that. Yeah. That's to me the more important element than yeah. actually what he had said. He's had a few opportunities to clarify what he said. He's done a little bit better in that regard, but to come out and play that card was kind of lame. Yeah. Um, sometimes I don't know if Doug really, <laughs> I don't know if Doug really is, you know, he's not, I mean, here I am, I have a tough time talking myself, but he, sometimes he's not, he's not very eloquent. But no, I think the biggest softball question, or I hate calling it a softball question because it's a, it's a relevant one. I always like hearing it. But the easiest question for you to answer know. after the game is, is what you tell the guys in there. You know, because, because that shows you the way you're thinking after the game. I, I, I always want to hear it. If it hasn't been asked, I, I, I try to ask Doug because I, I, I want to know what's his messaging to the team. Uh, yeah, but I just think sometimes you get platitudes and you don't get real answers. But um, Okay, we can disagree there. I mean, yeah, because I don't know if it's a specific enough answer. Well, I guess it is because you want to know what the message is. Remember the Eagles were, were putting them up, all his uh, – Well, they always do it after wins. After they put wins. the post game. Have they even doing it this season? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They always put the post game speech up after been, Have you watched them? I watch every one. What's his message been after the win? It's it's always consistent with, with, with what he says to us. You know, it's and it's it's like – you know, I really feel like we got that spark. That's what he was saying after the Giants game. Yeah. We got that spark. We thought maybe uh, ourselves. Um, Giants are not a great team, so I think we all took that into context. Um, Eagles have three wins this year against you know teams that aren't 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 very good in terms of the record. Yeah, I mean, look, Doug said they could be five and two. Um, I agree with you. It could be said a bunch of seasons. every year. I mean, last yeah. year they could have been nine and seven. You know the margin between good and gr- yeah. uh, bad in this this league is yeah. very very thin. Look, if Julio Jones catches that pass, the Eagles are uh, the Eagles don't have a, pl- a playoff win last year, right? That's that's football. That's football. Right. You got to win these games, and right now they're not yeah. winning these games. And really, honestly, a lot of it falls on both sides of the ball. They didn't play well, and it starts up top with Doug Peterson. And I think Doug has probably hit a little bit of a crisis. I mean, you know, he won a Super Bowl. I don't think anything is going to happen no. in regards to his his uh, tenure here, but. You know, he's got time to get this, this ship uh, on the right direction. And here's the thing. The Jaguars are in – They're reeling too. <laughs> they're they've reeling. Lost. The locker room is – I mean, they're letting, yeah, they've they're lost letting the recruiters in the locker room when they're having – at the end of fights. Yeah, they've lost three in a row. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah we wouldn't see that stuff because the Eagles keep us out for like 30 minutes. <laughs> All right, well, that's it here from the Bird's Eye View podcast. We'll talk to you guys a little later this week. Uh, we'll try and get one in before we hit the London. And certainly we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys from uh, Mary Old London. Is it Cheerio London or Mario London? Or? You would know better than me. I don't yeah. know. I've only been there once. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Zach.